Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. All right. Do you want to say your Greta? Should we do that? Just to really fuck with people? We should do that on April Fool's, actually. That'd be a lame April Fool's. You think so? Yeah. You're rude. (laughs) Only our mothers would notice. (laughs) I think some people would notice. No one would notice. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita. And we are so happy to be back. This episode is going to be super fun. We are talking this week with Katya Blickfeld and Ben Sinclair. They are the creators of the beautiful show High Maintenance. This is now an HBO show. It was a beloved web series. A scrappy little web series. And now there are six new episodes on HBO. This show is a little difficult to describe because it's a little more like connected short stories than mm-hmm. a TV show. Think of it as each one being its own little movie with one character who weaves in and out of all of them, which is the guy played by Ben Sinclair. He is the weed dealer, but the show isn't really about him. It's about the things he gets to see by being a part of people's worlds, dipping in and out of their lives in these really intimate ways. Trisha, can I tell you the funny joke I thought of? Um, yes. He is a pot peddler. You'd think you're the first one who thought of that? Because he rides a bicycle, so oh. he pedals on the bike. Wait, is that a Zugma? Oh my gosh, is it a Zugma? It's a Zugma. <laughs> You came up with an example of my favorite literary device. This hasn't happened in almost a year. Tell us what a zugma is. Okay, so a zugma is when you have one word meaning two different things. So the example that's good for me right now is I went fishing and caught three trout and a cold. So you're Uh using caught to mean two different things in that example. I sound a little like I went fishing and caught three trout and a cold. Uh Really, I just caught a cold. There was no fishing. got some pumpkins, though. But so in this case, pedaling meaning to sell and Mm -hmm. also to To ride a bike. We came up with a Zugma. I'm so excited. In any case, the show is excellent. This is not like Cheech and Chong or Half-Baked. This is a beautifully nuanced show about all sorts of different people who like may or may not tangentially interact with the guy. Trisha, what was your favorite episode? I think my favorite episode is the one that I was the most skeptical of when Uh it started, which was an episode of the show that's set from the point of view of a dog. Yeah, man, that episode broke my heart. And at first you're like, oh, my God, they're going to do this for an hour? Like, <laughs> they're going to just have this dog be the star for an hour? <laughs> but by the end, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best dog actor I've ever seen, which really it means that the editors and the writing of the show is really right, beautiful. Right. But it is also a beautiful dog. So we did want to play a clip from the show, and our first thought was, oh, my God, this dog episode, but there's not a whole lot of talking. It would have just been a lot of you know, panting. Like, yeah, listen, dog. Right. It's, it's cool, I swear. But we do have a clip. This is actually from episode five of the HBO series. And the first voice you will hear is a young woman named Anya, and she's a millennial social media obsessed wannabe journalist. And she's talking with the guy. And as you will hear, it gets weird super fast. So you're a pot dealer. What's that like? Uh, I just kind of bike around and uh, people call me and and then I bring them weed, pretty much. It's kind of all there is to it. And uh, where do you get your weed? Uh, I'm not going to 
answer that one. Sorry. Pass. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Totally cool. Um, have you ever been arrested? No, luckily not. Knock on wood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, do you feel like maybe that's because you're white? Uh, maybe. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I guess it has something to do with it. Yeah, but, maybe. But, you know, it's also maybe because I'm small potatoes and uh, yeah. I just deal a little weed and like, sometimes mushrooms, so I'm not oh, really... Mushrooms as well? Yeah, I'm not really on the radar. Okay, yeah. That is Ben Sinclair, the guy in High Maintenance. Such an awkward scene. I love how the creators kind of get out of their own way. But this scene, I think in particular, just feels very self-aware on a couple different levels. And it's really nice. This episode also made me terrified of my uh, smartphone. So that's cool. This was the one that reminded me a little of Black Mirror, where it does definitely toy with the idea that things like technology is maybe ruining our lives a little bit and other things that just really you don't expect from a show that if you're thinking like, oh, this is a weed humor show where it's just a bunch of sort of silly jokes and people with the munchies, absolutely not. (laughs) This is a really fascinating look at what people's lives are like. And this happens to be set in New York City, which I consider one of the main characters of the show. Absolutely. And the way it's filmed, the details really do bring to life these different characters that you only meet for an episode, but feel like you completely know who they are by the end. Okay, so let's get to the interview. Uh, and Ben told us how High Maintenance has changed now that it's an official HBO production. And we'll talk about how the show kind of feeds on voyeurism and what synesthesia has to do with Fisher-Price refrigerator magnets. That's all right here. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. What's really funny about High Maintenance, I think, is I have been hearing about it for several years now. But initially, when it was a web series, most of the people who would talk to me about it were like my stoner friends. And like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you got to watch High Maintenance. It's awesome. So I just sort of assumed it was going to be like another Pineapple Express sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down and actually watched this HBO series. And it just like floored me, the work that you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. Well, this interview is over. And, uh, well, that's a good note to end on. You think so? Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It's really been a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but thank you. What is the parallel that you draw the closest to when you talk about, like, what this show feels like in terms of what's already out there? Well, Ben, you've joked about it being... Tales from the Crypt or the Red yeah. Shoe Diaries. Yeah, I joke. Yeah, we're just taking the Red Shoe Diaries and we're re- reapplying it to the 21st century. Yeah. You know, we were very much inspired by Six Feet Under. The first couple minutes of that show, you always knew that there was going to be a death coming to this person you just met. And then it happens and then it's that whiteout and it says their name and the, the span of their life. And we thought that in itself could have been a good show. Just how people die. People dying. So. <laughs> We were really inspired by the the length of those little vignettes. I love the idea with both that and your guys' show that you're just sort of along for the ride. You know, it's like you don't necessarily know where the guy is going to take you, but you know it'll be compelling and interesting one way or the other. Ideally, yeah. (laughs) We really painted ourselves into a corner there because now it's got to be compelling or interesting. So, uh uh-oh, hopefully we can keep that up. Uh, intimacy is the mm-hmm. biggest thing we're going for these and days. And relatability, I mm-hmm. think. It just, things that feel emotionally resonant for us, and then we're hoping people are going to watch and be like, oh, I know that feeling. 
But we don't have to say, right. this is the feeling. Right. Yeah, I thought about that a lot, actually. You know, having studied journalism, there's that idea of show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you guys do that so well in such a nuanced way of just like, no, you just experience it. And you'll understand that this episode is about parenthood or about loneliness without explicitly saying it. Thanks. It's definitely a goal. Yeah, I think when we went out to get this HBO season on its legs, we were trying to figure out what it looked like. And I think in our minds, it felt like a watercolor painting with not very defined lines between people and stories bleeding in and out of one another and kind of a muddled feeling, kind of impressionistic almost. And we hope that it feels like that to people. Maybe it's just our weird stoner synesthetic (laughs) fantasy that it comes off like that. A little of both, maybe. (laughs) The phrase stoner synesthesia fantasy is pretty amazing (laughs) either way. So why tell these specific stories that you're working within? It was a sort of a combination of wanting to find ways to bring back some of the characters we had established a few years ago when we started the web series, you know, being excited to revisit them and see where they had landed in their arc. But also a lot of the themes in this HBO season are things that Ben and I, I think, are personally going through or the people around us are going through. If it comes up enough times, we're like, we should write something about this, so... This season that happened to be some parental meditations we were <laughs> A lot of relationship having. stuff. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of relationship stuff. There was this point when I was talking with my co-host Trisha about how much we love the show. And she was like, well, partly why it's so good is because everyone is just weird and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't we all feel that way? Yeah. Though? Totally. The great thing about New York to us is this kind of communal suffering where, you know, <laughs> yeah. we can really uh, bond over the indignities we all experience every day. I think people living in urban environments in general can relate to that. I mean, I don't know. I lived in Chicago for a while and that's like totally bonding time on the subway, on the L platform mm-hmm. when you're talking about like how horrible the weather Everyone's is. Everyone's cold or, and under those yeah. heat lamps. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, those miserable heat lamps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do very much. But yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for communal commiseration there too. Why the hell did they put an Elevated platform train in Chicago. I asked myself that every winter that I stood there waiting for the train. I grew up in Alaska and I moved (gasps) here and I was like, what is with this? Why would you do this? You put these inside. You heat these spaces. (laughs) So weird. It's super weird. But I think it, you know, I mean, we're hardcore. We're hardy folk. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I do think, though. In any city, there is that sense of shared space that I think the show works within so well, too, right? That idea that it's about people crossing each other on the street as much as it is about your lover or father or whoever, you know? Mm -hmm. I think we did get more interested recently in imagining stories for people that maybe weren't the guy's customers, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the character Ben plays. It seemed sort of like, oh, you know, we see people on the street all the time that you kind of wish you could follow or you just wonder, like, where are they going after this? That was sort of interesting to us. And I think we did a little bit more of that in weird ways this season, you know, finding ways to sort of give that feeling of getting to follow someone home that you see on the street. Actually, we literally did that, I guess. Yeah, it's a very voyeuristic show. I think we're kind of voyeurs in a way, like in our lives. We're just always looking. We're always looking, imagining trying to figure out why that person picked that outfit today. Eavesdropping. 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 Yeah. 
Do you ever like see someone who's wearing something interesting and ask them about it, or is that too? Depends, depends on what the interaction. Yeah, <laughs> depends on the vibe they're putting out. Sometimes yeah. people look like they wear things specifically to get you to engage with them. Yeah, yeah. Also, as a guy, it's just hard to, oh, especially sure. if it's a woman. I don't want to sure. be the guy who's like, "What a great shirt you have! Why'd you wear that?" Like, <laughs> yeah, it might so, be weird. But, you know, sometimes. Sometimes the real truth of who they are is not as interesting as the, what you think they are. We do ask a lot of questions, I, I feel do. like, of strangers, you know, instead of just doing the normal small talk of like, hey, where are you coming from? Like we used to do. Now we're a little bit more like, what are you afraid of? <laughs> what yeah. are you, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's fascinating. Do you guys consider yourselves to be extroverts? Ben, yes, right? I'm I'm very much an extrovert. Yeah. I'll let you speak for yourself. No, huh? I spoke for you. So. <laughs> All right. See, I'm trying to be. Um, no, we both have kind of different, different approaches to how we energize. I energize around other people. Katya tends to energize better on her own. Right. But I think we're both, by and large, I think we're pretty comfortable, chilling, talking to people, engaging in conversation. Yeah, I mean... Uh, because of the this show, a lot of strangers will come up to us and they will engage us in a conversation that starts with, we like the show and we want to talk to you. And there's a minute where, you know, like I, I didn't know where we were supposed to go after that compliment. Mm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a thank you. And then what else is there to say? So pretty early on through that phenomenon, we kind of discovered that no one's really expecting for you to ask them like, hey, what are you excited about this week? Where are yeah. you going next? And a lot of people have been very forthcoming with, <laughs> yeah. with what's sure going have. on. <laughs> and that makes New York a completely different city for us. Whereas before in our early 20s, it was like a land of buildings and places you weren't allowed to pee unless you bought something. Now it's like... <laughs> Yeah, it really opened up for us, this city. Now it's just a bunch of doorways that we have the keys to more of. Feels that way. You can just pee wherever you want. Yeah, you can just pee. People love it when you... <laughs> yeah. When you, actually, I got a, uh, I got a peeing in public ticket in 2008. Now that's a bit of a cliffhanger, so keep listening. We're going to hear the rest of that story in just a minute. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Previously on Nerdette. Like 60 seconds ago. Yeah, like about a minute ago, actually. I got a peeing in public ticket in 2008, and I remember I was getting written up by these cops, and 
on their radio, there was like this very violent crime nearby that was being reported, uh-huh. except they couldn't go anywhere until they finished giving me my pee ticket. Oh my God. And <laughs> oh I was like, God. hey man, it sounds pretty bad. And they're like, please stop. <laughs> and then and then they gave me the ticket. And then I was like, well, thank you, officer. And I tried to shake his hand and he wouldn't even shake my hand. Whoa. And then I realized because I was just peeing, but I was offended at first. <laughs> I think you should have remained offended. <laughs> yeah. The cop was really, really riding me hard. It was not cool. Wow. I met you right after this time. Uh-huh. Your yeah. Life. Have you heard this story before? Kate? No, I don't think I have actually. Mm-mm. Do people actually call it a pee ticket or is that just your? No, I called it a pee ticket. <laughs> I think it's public urination. Is, that's ticket. the offense. Yeah. <laughs> So why, oh my God, I don't even know where to go from here, you guys. Let's see. I wonder how the show has changed since it was a web series. I mean, I imagine your budgets are significantly more impressive than they used to be. But what else? Does it feel like more of a drag sometimes because maybe it is more of like an official commitment to a real thing? It's a pretty leading question, I gotta (laughs) say. Well, I mean, it is a job now. It is. When When we started, it was totally pure. It was just us wanting to make I say art and then I cringe at myself but that's what we were you know we want that's what we wanted to do we were just wanting to make things together yeah I mean and to be fair like it was changing within the creation of the web series Mm -hmm. like every time we stepped up to make another batch of episodes it was different because Mm -hmm. either we would be more popular or we would be working with one new key edition of the group that was kind of changing the temperature of the whole process Mm -hmm. like there was all we were trying something new like oh let's make a longer one or one with more locations I think when people hear the story of high maintenance they're attracted to the journey a lot of times because it has this rags to riches thing but for us, it was a very slow, incremental build. And <laughs> it is. We shot the first episode in 2011. Wow. And didn't really, I mean, we didn't do anything with it for almost a year. And and as we continue to go on and kind of figure out which itches our work tend to scratch in, in the general public's collective back consciousness. <laughs> this is amazing. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I, no, He's not I was, even stoned. No, I... Am I? No, I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask for the record. <laughs> yeah, I just I think the thing that people respond to is the simplicity, like the simpler episodes and the ones that we write faster and the ones that have less twists and turns in them and that are just more about two people connecting inside of a room. I think those are the episodes that people seem to really appreciate is that small, intimate space that we're able to touch because we are a small, intimate production it reminds me of like the jode family's jalopy and just like (laughs) we're just trucking along and we're hoping that this thing can make it to the next level and when it does we're super excited because the whole time we pulled it off because the whole time we think it's going to break down so it's like katya and i are two very ambitious yet neurotic you know i hate to say artists but we're kind of artists man i'm sorry to tell you and it's like (laughs) Yeah, I think that's funny, like secretly ambitious, wrapped up in a stoner package or yeah. something like that. We try to look like we don't care, but we care so much. we care so a lot. Much. We care yeah, so yeah. much. I can actually very much relate to that. I feel like I tried to play it cool for a really long time and then finally it was like, actually, you know what? I'm just really intense and maybe I shouldn't be smoking pot after all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's cool to admit that you care. I think that this is the big difference in at least my temperature compared to last year and the years before. 
I'm like really into people who are intentional mm. and care about things. I get energized by watching somebody be excited about something. Yeah. So I wonder what else are you guys nerds about? I mean, you're obviously curious about just the world you live in, but what else? Hammocks. Really? Furniture that can be portable out- furniture. Portable furniture that can be outside, but still comfortable. If I were a different kind of person, I would be really into gear, like hiking mm. outdoor gear. <laughs> but I'm like still an urbanite. So I'm like, I don't have any space to put all this. Shit. But if we lived in like the Pacific Northwest, I would be so into gear. It would be annoying. Yeah. Everyone in the Pacific Northwest is into gear. Oh, my now. God. Like that's the whole thing. It's mandatory, I think. Yeah. As far as I can tell. <laughs> what about you, Katya? Like I geek out over things in very intense spurts. The like deep dive and then you're out? Yeah. Like I'll get into an album and then I seriously will listen to it high school style like just on repeat for like a week until I can't stand it anymore all of a sudden like mm -hmm. it'll just hit my threshold and be like well I can't and it's the same thing with it's always been like that with everything like I don't know why this came to mind but I like I remember I got really into Flight of the Concords when oh, I yes. saw them and I, I started buying all this like merchandise and like putting it in my <laughs> office and like trying to find everything I could. That was, you know, Flight of the Concord swag and going on eBay and like all this weird, obscure <laughs> post. Like it was so, so strange. Like it just overtook me. And then like, and just like that, it was over. <laughs> and it's just kind of like how it is with so many things for me. I feel like I have ADD with my interests, but I get super intense when I have them. I was meeting up with people for work a couple of weekends ago, and we met at this vegetarian breakfast place in the Swedish neighborhood in Chicago, and they were playing It's Business Time in the restaurant, and like no one I was with was picking up on it, and I was just like, you guys, this is so weird. It's That's a weird song to just hear out of the blue. It was, especially the fact that no one else like was in on the joke, because then I was just sort of like, is this actually happening? <laughs> and does, do people think this is a legit song? Song that's like, what do people think of this? Yeah, is this actually about business? Is that what's happening right now? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Stick around, homework it's is next. So I had to ask Katya and Ben for homework before I let them leave. But before we get there, I feel like we should take a minute and just explain synesthesia to people who don't know what it is because this weirdly plays into Ben Sinclair's homework. Synesthesia is something I've been kind of obsessed with for a while, actually. <laughs> I so was I was excited. That's funny to hear because I was wondering if it was just like a stoner thing and people who are really into synesthesia. Maybe it's just sort of like the, the creative nerds in the world. Well, I think about it a lot when it comes to giving taxonomy to things. So... <laughs> But the problem of with synesthesia, which is, we should explain what it oh, is, right, right. <laughs> it's having a color have a connection in your brain that doesn't occur in everyone else's brain. So right. we might think that a lot of people think of red as an angrier color and blue as a more calming color. Mm -hmm. There are those kinds of connections that are a little more universal across cultures. But this is that like you think of red as being the number three. Right. And it's just that they're connected in that really concrete way in your brain. And some people have it, but 
people with synesthesia even don't all have the same connection. So right. like if I had synesthesia, I could think that red is three and you could have synesthesia and think that red is seven. Totally. And it's not even just colors. It's like all the things. So like a taste could bring a certain number to mind or it's essentially just sort of like a, a cross wiring of all your different sensations. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite fun facts, if you will, is that Pharrell is synesthetic and he's the music producer. And he says that that really plays into like how he knows that like the beat is good because he just like experiences it in a way that we can't which I think so is So really when he hears music he sees that screensaver with the changing yeah, colors totally. that used to be yeah, in the old yeah. but Windows only Media when Player. just right. <laughs> also one of my favorite things about the notion of people with synesthesia is that they're called synesthetes which is like athlete which is just kind of awesome. So synesthesia does play into this homework from Ben Sinclair. Can I ask you guys for homeworks? Would you assign our listeners homework? I have an assignment. It's actually related to synesthesia. <laughs> Great. Oh, this is a good one, actually. If Nerdette listeners, if you were a child between 1975 and 1983, think to yourself, do I have a correlation between letters and colors? And then think what that is. And then go check out the Fisher-Price refrigerator magnets from 1975 to 1983. <laughs> Because so many of y'all think you got synesthesia, but you've been brainwashed by Fisher-Price. <laughs> this is some really weird and kind of depressing homework. We watched our friend Brian, who's been telling me he's a synesthete for years, years. now. We were at his, I heard this on a podcast, and I went over to his house, and I'm like, hey, Brian, what were those letter color combinations again? And I had, like, the Fisher-Price picture pulled up on my phone, oh my and then gosh. he went through the whole thing. He got... 21 out of 26. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. How did he react to this news? He was blown. I mean, his mind was blown. I think he was a little disappointed. Yeah. Well, I definitely took his Superman cape off of him. I definitely was like, you're just a man. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we're, I've, okay. I have some homework. I sort of went on a tear of reading essayists this year. Well, there's sort of like a particular brand of essays. I mean, they're sort of feminist oriented, but I know you guys had Lindy West on the show recently yes. and talked about her book Shrill. And that was yes. definitely high, high, high on my list. So I want to also say it again for those who have not read it yet. I thought it was incredible, inspirational, and I bought it for a bunch of my friends. Also, Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist. Yes. I know it's been out for a while, but yep. like it's kind of amazing to read. Like when you read all of these books kind of in succession, like... It's a good thing. It really is. Have you read Catelyn Moran yet? Yes, and I, that's another wonderful one. Okay, good. Also, I just finished Heather Haverleski's How to Be a Person in the World. Oh, yes. I was listening to it on a road trip, actually. I listened to the audiobook. Oh, cool. It really got me through Texas. <laughs> and her reading it, too, was incredible. I want that woman to have her own talk show so badly. But also, I want her to be my therapist, <laughs> even though I love mine. But like, I was even just like listening, I was like, wow, she is actually touching on things that I've spent thousands of dollars in therapy <laughs> to get to. She's like a, she's like a real life Frasier of the two, 21st yeah. century. Yeah, <laughs> she's beyond. She doesn't have those blind spots Frasier had. She's, you don't know what her I mean, are. I'm sure she had some. She, everyone's got some. Everyone's got them, but she's very self-aware. And that book was extraordinary. Just, it's funny, but also it's profound in this just like really simple and grounded. I just love it. So those are books that are just high, high, high on my recommendations list right now that I've been like gifting my friends and 
also, you know, kind of mulling over the thoughts. That's a good little pile right there. The feels and the thoughts. The feels and the thoughts. You know, the book that I have bought many a time now is All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Tracer. Oh, yeah. That's another good one. Yeah, that one. I listened to that one. And I can actually relate a little bit just to the whole therapy notion of just like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's totally awesome that I'm not married and I'm 31. Mm-hmm. Like, we're good to go. That book really, I don't know. I just feel like every woman I know has talked about that book this year, married or not, actually. It really made a splash or something. I don't know how, like what happened. I mean, yeah. I think maybe because that there's like a New York mag, maybe they published an excerpt of it there or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for obvious reasons, it has resonance, but literally every woman I know is talking about that book, which is exciting. I'm it so is glad. Exciting. It is exciting. I feel like it's so great to hear such a variety of voices too. Uh, I really appreciate that you and Katya writing that email before to set up her book list so you guys could talk about it. Are you feeling left out over there? (laughs) No, I just thought you guys are, I think you're experts at podcasting. I just wanted to give you a hats off for maintaining the illusion that this is spontaneous. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, no, it's great. You're a magician. You're a magician. I feel like we that's the note on which we must end. That was just too good. <laughs> thank you so much for yeah, inviting thanks, us Greta. over here. This is great. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on the show. It's it's a beautiful thing. Hey, you as well. Your show is also a beautiful thing, and I'm glad it's in the world. Oh, yay. Let's all go eat ice cream and cookies now. Aw. <laughs> you know, my stomach has been all messed up lately, so I don't think I'm going to Are you opting it. out? All right, fine. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I like, you know, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks again. On that note, too much fun. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Thanks to Katya and Ben of High Maintenance, whose first season of High Maintenance just wrapped up on HBO, and there will be a second season. Yes. It has been renewed. So go watch season one now so that you're caught up in time for season two. The show is produced by us, Trisha Bobita and Greta Johnson, with help from Joe Dassault and Justin Bull. Our intern is Annie Newen. Our executive producer is Joel Meyer. Subscribe on iTunes or follow us on NPR One. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. The other thing you can do that is like beautiful and helpful and wonderful and a lot of other full things is rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars or, you know, as many as you think we're worth, I guess. DC Go Lightly, give us five stars. And we say thank you, DC Go Lightly. I like that this is a comic book fan who's also a Holly Go Lightly I know, fan. right? It's a good combo. It's a good nerd at mashup right Yeah, there. I know. You can also find us on Twitter at Nerd at Podcast and on Instagram at Facebook. All those things, we are at Nerd at podcast and we have a newsletter that we like to call a nerds letter and you can sign up for that super easily if you just go to our website nerdatpodcast.com nerdat is a production of wbez chicago where you can find podcasts for nerds of all stripes find out more at wbez.org our theme music is by poddington bear do your homework do your homework do your homework man (laughs) nerdat is supported by the sympathizer podcast from hbo Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.